previously on Bacon Cell. I'll just press this nope. and- no. Stop, 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 stop. No. Kent, what did you do? Did you fools miss me? I'm the lovely and talented one. Adventure is out there. Who are you? Umbrella holding the I heart the MCU. Are you guys eating on the show? I would never do that. Welcome to Bacon Cell. I'm Jolene. I'm Kendra. And I'm Zachary with two E's. Well, well. The gang's all here. The portal won't close until your universe is destroyed and Bacon Cave Prime is complete. We have to find a way to stop the Bacon Cell multiverse from destroying our reality. All these different versions of ourselves can't exist in the same dimension. If this portal gets much bigger, then our world is... I'm Morgan Freeman, and you're listening to Bacon Sale. It's time, we just can't wait. So let's begin Bacon Sale Season 8. Is it cool if we rank chip brands? Is it wrong to love movies that were panned? Do we like Tom Cruise's hair? Would you guess that he's not so debonair? We're just scared of what you'll think And we're nervous of the menu we will eat Let's go, season eight Your wait's almost over Honest, let's make this show last forever Forever and ever It's bacon sale forever Forever and ever It's bacon sale forever Wow, good that job. That so good. Oh. One, one take, take, one take, one take. Welcome to Bacon Cell. I'm Jolene. I'm Kendra. And I'm Zachary with two E's. We hope you all had a great holiday break and we are so excited to be back in the podcast studio. Yep. We are so excited, you guys. This entire season of Bacon Cell, we are dedicating to true crime. That's awesome. Of course we are. We could not wait. Yes, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Because we live in Utah. Our first crime we're going to talk about, obviously, is. I think I think we're, I think we're, I think it's oh. us. Yep, yep, yep. We're, we got it. We got it. Oh, is it wait, is it hey. us? We're back in control. <sighs> wow. Oh man, what a time! Welcome to season eight, listener of Bacon Sale. Bacon yeah. Sale. Here we go. Regular Bacon Sale. Bacon Sale. Uh huh. Yeah. Wait for uh, that branding. Gonna say we we managed to get all of the variants detained. Well, did we keep them detained, or did they really just send us elsewhere? Yes, all the variants are currently in the Bacon Cave. Bacon Cave Prime is what I call it. And we are currently recording in Kent's mom's basement. Yeah, temporarily. Yeah. Temporarily. Can we just call it Bacon Cave for old times' yeah, sake? Yeah, Bacon Cave 2. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Three. Bacon, well, well, the original Bacon Cave was rebuilt. Bacon I'm Cave confused. And then Should we spend a little more time on this? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome out to season eight. We really do appreciate you listening, listener, and we're excited. We have so many fun things planned for this we season. We do. We haven't even recorded yet. We I don't know. even know what's going to happen. I, you've been working on some stuff. You just uh, don't yeah. know about it. Oh, wow. Uh, Which but, version? First of all, uh, we want to give some love to some new patrons. Oh, patrons over the well, break? Yeah, during the break, some people joined awesome. up. Spence Minson is a $3 patron, so he ha- now has access to Pacon Bits, which we just had one. Mm-hmm. Before the season started, we were able to, to hack into the signal and actually give a review of Spider-Man yeah. No Way Home. It's like a 50-minute Pacon Bit. Yeah, uh, so we did that, and so there is there, Spence Minson can now listen to that. 
Also, Andrew in the Dark. That's what he calls himself. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. He went from a tier one patron to an I am the listener what? patron. Andrew maneuvers in the dark. So he's going to get merch. He's going to get to sponsor a show. Uh, there's a lot of fun stuff that comes with being an I am the listener patron. So thank you, Spencer. Thank you, Andrew. We appreciate both of you. And we appreciate you, listener, for tuning in once again. Seriously. And I'm so glad to be back. It's good to be back. Like, I've kind of been with you guys in some weird portal, but at the same time, I've missed you. And I've also missed the listener. I'm not happy. Wait, you're not happy to be back? (laughs) No, I'm the worst version of me is this universe is me. (laughs) That's accurate. We almost traded at one point. That's (laughs) accurate. That hurt. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? We are talking about the best and the worst of 2021 in movies. Hey, we do yeah. that every year. So it's the, it's the hey, thing we, we do, do that every year. <laughs> That's in the bacon sale. <laughs> it's a nice tradition that we have. We look back, even though no one really wants to look back at the previous year, but <laughs> there were movies that we liked and some we hated. Yes, we did. Uh, by the way, just for fun facts, I want to point this out. The first movie, first new movie, I should clarify, mm-hmm. that I watched in 2021 was Real Steel. That came out in 2011. Remember that one? Uh, Hugh Jackman. Wait, wait. So boxing? the first movie you watched, but not the first movie of 2021. Yes. Yes. The first you movie saw it yeah, for the first time came, this year. Yeah, I did. And <laughs> when I think did it, it come was like out? 2011. But I think it was set in like 2020, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. it was. And then the last movie I watched. Oh, because we watched it for the future from the past, right? No, I think I just watched. Oh, it on you just my watched own. it for fun. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Go on. I've always wanted. Hugh Jackman at his prime. And then the last movie I watched in 2021 was actually The Matrix Resurrections. I watched that New Year's Eve. Oh afternoon. yeah, what a way to cap off the year. Yeah. So I wanted to get that one in before the end. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. So, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, just little fun facts for movies I watched last year because you should yeah, know explain this your reasoning. Uh, it's not unusual. It's always this controversial thing, but it's we talk about it every. If year. I watched a movie for the, I just want people to be confused if they're listening for the first time. If I watched a movie for the first time in the calendar year, I include it in my list here. Of best and worst mm-hmm. uh, whereas kent is more of a purist yeah. and he decided that he's going to just stick to movies made in 2021 exactly which there were actually movies last year which was there nice were. it's a fun change yeah i still think my method's better but that's not the point we're talking about <laughs> going back to the 1930s I, I liked last year when you just you have no idea you were oh, laughing no. <laughs> and drunk on power yeah that was fun last yeah. year yeah but and then kent used movies. my method kent went ahead last time kent did it outside the calendar year one of your picks was from 2021. Yeah, but or it's 20, the future. Yeah. I don't know. Do you guys want to just jump into it then? I think we should. Yeah. All right. Worst? Yeah, we start with the worst and we end yeah. with the best. Kind of end on the up note instead of a down. Oh, so all we right. always want to start them off with negativity. So you're, yes. you, And this is just you two going at this because I didn't see enough movies to compile this list. But you have some worst movies you saw, right? If no. You, I only watched good movies. Mm. I mean, The Born Identity is probably the worst movie I watched. I'd save it for <laughs> so, yeah, those fighting words. Yeah, it might be. We've already said we don't really like that movie, though. It's fine. The other two after it are better. Just saying. Mm. I actually like Born Identity think better than the other ones. Wait, but let's not belabor the point. I'm a Born Legacy I guy. I definitely. <laughs> save it for a Jason Bourne tearing <laughs> no, show. Gross. Please, no. I will participate in the top five. Okay. Because I saw, I saw lots of good movies this year. Okay. Uh, but I will let you guys go from the fifth worst to the first worst. The worstest of the worst. Let's start with you, sure. Kent. All right. The fifth worst movie of the year is Home Sweet Home Alone. Oh, you I'm watched that? so many bad things about did this Did you watch movie. it during Kentmas? Of course I did. Why did you watch that? Because it was Kentmas. So this is the sixth Home Alone movie, I believe? Sixth or seventh. I don't even know because I went on to, they're on Disney Plus. Mm. And there's like Holiday Heist 4. There's another subtitled one. And I have no idea how they keep continuing this series. Well, the and, problem is, is that, so 20th Century Fox made Home yes, Alone. Yeah. And then Disney bought it. And for some reason, they're like, hey, we now acquired this 
this movie and we're going to remake it. Yeah. This beloved classic. And this is where I think they said, hey, now that people are subscribed to the service, they're not going to watch the direct-to-video Home Alone sequels. I mean, Home Alone 2 is great, right? But anything past that... Home Alone 2 is equal to... It's, yeah, I would say so. Eh, maybe a little Hold lesser. on, hold on. They're the same movie. Yeah, they're it's the, the exact same movie. same movie. Well, they're the same movie all the time, except for some are not Christmas movies. But this one, they're like, we've got star power. We've got the kid from Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that is him. Yeah. I just thought it was some no-name they've got. No, it's, it's the little British kid from Jojo Rabbit. They have Ellie Kemper from The Office, Rob Delaney, who's popular on man, social stop media. Stop out so many A-listers, man. <laughs> I have, I have followed him for like 10 years on Twitter. Name dropping does not a movie make. <laughs> well, it was directed by Dan Mazur, who directed Dirty Grandpa. So there's a lot wow. of status going into this movie. A lot of status. So it's Home Alone, right? And Home Alone, describe the story for me. Uh, the original Home Alone movie, mm -hmm. Kevin's family goes to France, I believe, in the first one. Florida in the second one. Yeah. France. Yeah, France in the first one. They, I watched both of them just barely, so they're both in my mind very fresh. And they leave Kevin home alone. And while he's home alone, these these burglars want to break in and, and Ooh, a bunch scary, of houses. Right? Yeah. Bad guys want to break into houses and steal everything. And they're criminals. Yes. Joe like Pesci these, and Daniel Stern are These criminals. wet bandits are actually criminals. Sticky bandits in the second one, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you very much for the clarification. Well, in this one, it's about the criminals. But they're not criminals. They're just a regular married couple. But they're also kind of criminals, but they're the protagonists of this movie. So the synopsis is, a married couple tries to steal back a valuable heirloom from a troublesome kid. Steal back? Yeah. So what happens in this movie? Oh, there's so much I could go into about it. But this annoying kid from Jojo Rabbit, he's at an open house and he wants to get revenge on this man for being kind of mean to him. So he steals a doll worth thousands of dollars. In fact, the worth protagonist of our movie, the hero of our movie, steals a doll. From no, no, someone. the kid is not the hero, although it should be because it's Home Alone. He's the villain. He's no, no. But he's actually meant to be the hero because the this couple who just want to save their home, if they sold this doll, they could save their home. And so their kids wouldn't have Christmas ruined. But, they but have kids. You haven't seen this movie? No, I didn't oh watch my gosh, the movie. Okay, I'm not, I wish I'm not giving them any more So streams. they have two kids they haven't told that they have to move because they're bankrupt. They have no more money. And so, but they have the doll on Antiques Roadshow. They found out the doll's worth like $230,000. So if they sell the doll, they could save their home and save Christmas. They can't even buy a reasonable townhome for that much money. No, What are you true. talking about? Yeah, yeah, this is made a few years <laughs> no, ago. No, no, that's their mortgage payment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay, got it. Each month they got to pay $230,000. So <laughs> when they find out they're going to sell this doll, they realize that this annoying kid stole it from them. And is so, it really from their perspective? Yes, it's they. It, the movie starts with them, but they're also the ones being hurt like the wet and sticky bandit. And so they're the ones who have to break into this home when he's left home alone and he's pulling these traps on them, even though they just want to get back their doll to save their home. It's, just, it's so funny when they're violently, you know, no, assaulted. This is for trying to write their situation. He's afraid of real villains. It's the days. weirdest thing because they try to make him like. Oh, they're malicious because they still are breaking into the home. But when they basically die 17 times in this movie, because the physical comedy slash violence in this movie is, is actually kind of troublesome. It was hard to watch because I wanted these people to win. I want them to get the doll back and save their house. This kid is the worst. And he's shooting them with billiard balls in the forehead, stuff that would kill anyone else that mm. may have been funny when it was Joe Pesci. But now it's well, like... Because those were bad guys you wanted to see get hurt. These are not bad guys. These are your protagonist of the movie that seems to just really muddy the waters yeah and i feel like the trend in hollywood has been subverting your expectations let's change the story enough just to make it feel kind of new 
And I feel like they tried that, but it makes everything unlikable in this movie. Your movie, your, your hero is only as strong as your villain. Yes. And, it, and it when there's no hero the or villain, it's just a lot of bland characters. Yeah. And they do a, a, kind of a similar thing to, well, a lot of reboots, but especially Ghostbusters Afterlife, where they use the same exact score from Home Alone. Mm. And they try it because it's a very charming score. It's an amazing score. Charm and they do that, except the kid is trying to steal toys for tots. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And they still want you to like the kid they because he's, what a, they're talking he's afraid of being sold to an old babushka, basically. He thinks that they are coming to steal him and give, the, give them to some I really Russian look, lady. I look forward to Home Sweet Home Alone 2 where he walks around and just knocks over the change jars from the Salvation Army guys with the bells. That's basically what happens. It just sounds horrible. This yeah. is, I've thought about this movie more and, enough and, already. And I I'm so sorry. Anymore. I Gosh. hate this movie. What a tired formula. I, I mean, honestly, I will get just roasted for this but i don't love home alone anyway how dare you it's wow. starting the year off I don't, right I don't, how dare you? i don't you? like pointless violence zach, and so zach our goal this year was to get you more likable to the listener <sighs> he is the worst zach <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i don't by the end of the second one i'm i'm done and so no, the fact that it. they've been keep, well, keep making if these? you've seen the 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 memes on the internet about how kevin probably really did kill the wet bandits. Oh, they've killed, they killed him like seven times. Yeah. Over. Maybe even more. Because it's a joke. This is a movie that is best yeah. in our childhood and has that charm of nostalgia. Yes. But they've kept making these movies now six to seven times. Because it is. You know. mm. Yeah. So it's, that's mm. my fifth worst movie of the year. Interesting. Joel? And that's from 2021? Yes. Yeah, mine's not. Um, <laughs> in fact, Ken, Surprise. I, I actually did add up all the years of the five worst I have. Mm -hmm. And the average year, once you add up all the years and then divide it by five, that's how you get an average. Is 1989. What? Oh, <laughs> it's 89? 89. That's the average. Okay. I can't wait. levels. No, my number five, Kent, I'm going to sing you a song real quick to help you guess it. Oh, no. Ten more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Ten more days till Halloween, Silver Shamrock. It's your fifth worst? Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, came out in 1982, mm. and I watched it for the first time all the way through this year. Well, last year, 2021. Okay. All right. Uh, if you don't know synopsis. Kids all over America want silver shamrock masks for Halloween. Dr. Daniel Chalice seeks to uncover a plot by silver shamrock owner Conal Cochran. This is the worst synopsis for one of the worst <laughs> movies I've ever read. I've ever read. I've ever seen. Stars a bunch of people you don't care about. But this is the but third Michael movie. Myers. He's in it, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, this, this is the third movie in the Halloween franchise. No Michael Myers because... And we're going to have a Halloween we show eventually yeah. down the road. But they wanted Halloween to be a kind of anthology, anthology series. Sure. So, yes, they, they had the Michael Myers the first one. a good one. idea. They said it's so good. You know, that was so scary. Let's bring it back for the second one. Okay, we'll continue that story and then we'll end it. Here's we'll something scary up. that happens on Halloween. That was the plan. The original yeah. plan was to do these series of Halloween movies and something mm -hmm. scary happens on Halloween. And then they made this one. And I can only describe it in, uh, I, I wrote a tagline for it. Like, you know, kind of the thing at the bottom of a poster. Uh-huh. This is just a description of the movie, okay? All right. Bugs, lasers, cults, microchips, Stonehenge, <laughs> robots, witches. Wait, that's, that sounds like a Michael Myers anthology movie. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so I understand what they were trying you to go for. Drugs the producers used. Oh, man, probably. Mm -hmm. But they did. They said, hey, we want to we want to pull back from the gore and the blood from the last one. Just to make this one psychological horror. But the kids' faces are destroyed they're, but they're inside masks you don't see but you just see still then the bugs but this is what i don't understand so in this reality they take chip pieces of stonehenge put them in microchips that they then put in halloween masks uh pumpkin witch what's the other one there's a third one i can't remember mm -hmm. goblin or something like that i don't even remember doesn't matter 
skeleton. But then when the certain commercial plays on Halloween night, the microchips activate and they shoot out a laser that then turns the kids' heads into bugs and snakes that then kill everyone around them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's... Makes sense. I mean, I think that was a John Grisham novel initially. (laughs) But... Uh, they, 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 this movie has such terrible acting from the beginning, and the story makes no sense whatsoever. And I, I just could not, the whole time I'm watching it with my mouth open, being like, what what are they doing? And then they couldn't even come up with a decent ending. No. It's one of those cliffhanger, uh, freeze frame cliffhanger endings when he's like trying, I'm spoiling it, I'm spoiling Halloween 3. Uh, he's trying to get the television stations to stop playing the signal so no kids get hurt and he gets a couple and do it but then one doesn't and he's on the phone with him he's like no no stop and it freezes and so you don't even know what happens oh until the sequel oh it's, wait it's a it's wood oh yeah and then they just go back to michael myers after this although halloween 5 the revenge of michael myers did worse at the box office than this movie yeah kind of funny well there's can you sense the charm to this movie at all this is so bad it's good charm it a little bit, but really, I watched this going. I wanted to get some enjoyment out of it, okay. and I got very little to okay, none. Guys, can, can, we, we got eight other movies and that's good movies. <laughs> he to talk talked about. for ten no, look, minutes about Home Sweet Home. And Home. I'm, exact, gotta, I'm loving this. Go. All right, I love the go. rants. Save it for the actual Halloween show. <laughs> We're not doing should. a Home Alone show. <laughs> but really, I, I just want to point out that this really was. I wanted to like it because mm. it was so bad, and then I was like, this is this is really really bad yeah it and feels it like a waste no of time right oh yeah totally. so it's not troll too fun no doesn't get to that point yeah uh, that stinks all right joel what about your number four also a horror movie also from 1972 not also S- same franchise no oh. uh this is actually a sequel in 1972 stars a, a rat named oh. ben oh <laughs> so i'll i'll read the synopsis a lonely boy befriends ben the leader of a violent pack of killer rats you sang the song for halloween three but not ben can why you sing the song for us please ben the two of us need look no more we've both found what we've been looking for so here's the thing i heard that song i know that song yeah and when i found out it was from a horror movie called ben i went song by michael jackson what and then i learned <laughs> yeah. it's about killer rats and I'm like, this This sounds like a love friend song. Why Why is it in this horror movie? Because Ben is his friend. So I, I deliberately went out to go watch this movie. And then I found out it was a sequel to yep. the 1971 movie Willard. One year so, apart? One year apart. That's successful. So huh? I went back to watch. And then so I went back to watch Willard so I could comprehend Ben and understand why this Michael Jackson song was in this horror movie. Right. I went back. I watched Willard. And I was like, you know what? That was that was dumb, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, average horror movie, not too scary. Well, you don't expect a lot from 70s creature features anyways. No, this, right. was, this is pretty tame, especially mm-hmm. by 70s rules. But then I watched this one, and this is just silly. Like, so Willard in the, in the movie, it's this guy who, who trains these rats that he finds to do his bidding and to kill. Yeah. In this movie, this is a direct sequel. The, the main rat, Ben, <laughs> escapes... That's right. The rat is Ben that Michael Jackson is singing uh-huh. to. Yeah. He escapes. He didn't have a lot of friends. And finds this this sickly boy who's played by, by the way, Jeff from Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Remember him? Yeah. It's him. <laughs> you and I do. Yes. <laughs> but he's a little kid. I don't know any then. of the words you just said. <laughs> yeah. But then this little kid befriends this killer rat and they hang out and he has a little a puppet rat that he does shows for the real rat. Mm-hmm. It's it's bizarre. And so I walked into this wondering why Michael Jackson's famous ballad was attached to this schlocky horror flick 
And now that I've seen it, I, I still don't know. You still don't remember, you're still wondering. No idea. No. Do Ben and the hordes of rats get revenge on people that pick on this boy? Yes. Is, yeah. He, right? he sticks them on a couple people. Mm-hmm. And, but it, and then at the end. It was a great friendship. Once again, at the end, there's really no resolution. And I'm like, I just don't understand this. I did find out, by the way, Gene Siskel. You guys know Siskel and Ebert? Oh, yeah. Gene Siskel gave it 3.5 stars out of four, whereas Roger Ebert gave it 1.5 out of four. Divisive. I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of ridiculous. But then Michael Jackson's song, Ben, won a Golden Globe Award for Best Original Song. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was nominated for Best Original Song. And this movie is so bad. Not scary. Not at all comprehend. Like, it's impossible to understand what's going on because you're like, why the heck is this boy defending? Like, he's loves this rat with all his heart and he has a defective heart maybe that's why he loves it um congenital heart defect <laughs> yes you start to love rats i guess but then all of a sudden he's like trying to hide this rat that he knows is killing people and they have this really extended scene i don't know it's, it's ridiculous i don't want to go anymore <laughs> actually i want to hear but we'll, no, we'll, we'll talk after ridiculous. the show it sounds like it really a plot to a benji book i read to the kid lately it could recently be. yeah but yeah ben 1972 watch willard sure that's actually kind of fun just listen uh, to Michael Jackson's song, going Ben. To. And there's also the 2000s remake with Chris McGlover. And he actually did the Michael Jackson song. He did a cover of it for that. What? That's Chris so terrifying. Now that's creepy. Jeez. Ooh. All Kent. right. From Ben to Karen. Karen is my fourth <laughs> least favorite <laughs> oh, movie of Karen. the year. I don't think anyone really saw this other than the trailer. Do you guys remember the trailer? I, I do remember, remember the this. trailer. I've no. heard about this movie. Joel, watched the trailer. If it wasn't on my list, if I said, hey, watch this, you would think it was an SNL fake movie sketch. It, totally. You I'm assuming what? Karen is the derogatory term for... Yes. 100%. This yeah. is a movie based on a cliche and a meme. Yes. Yeah. That, honestly, think... Uh, if By this the way, was I in hate, hands... I hate that term. Oh, so yeah, do yeah. I. I know, no. a lot, I know a lot of nice Karens, and I feel bad every yeah. time that term is in. I'm like, oh, they're going to go... You know, and this is of. a movie as, in a concept, which I'm sure you're going to give the synopsis. If, if this is in the hands of, like, Jordan Peele, it might actually be interesting. Oh, but it's in the hands of Coke Daniels, <laughs> who directed Who Made the Potato Salad and Gangsta Rap, the Glockumentary, and Holly Won't. Wait, who made the potato salad? One or two? Oh, just one. Okay. Oh, the original. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, when they try to reboot who made the potato salad, oh, didn't really no, work no, out. No, no, <laughs> who, who made the macaroni salad? And it's salad. potato with an E. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put an E at the end of your potato. <laughs> so oh, just anyways. put cheese on it. Like that's our, So the synopsis normal. is, and you already know it, a racist woman makes it her personal mission to displace the new black family that has just moved in next door to her. Yeah. There's no build up to this. There's no subtlety. It's the subtlety uh, of a sledgehammer. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Because they move in and she walks right over and says the most racist things you possibly could. There are two black guys having a conversation at a restaurant and she goes over and she says, please be quiet. If you don't comply, I'll tell the manager. Everything that it has been on a Google image meme about a Karen or a video about a Karen yelling. And I even hate saying Karen because I feel like this movie really, I think, should kill the meme at this no, point. It's a dead meme already. It's like right. once, once the, like, the news gets involved and starts participating in the meme, you know the meme is dead. Precisely. So, yeah, And the, it's like, you know, the, the, the wig that looks exactly like she's meant to. Everything she's saying is very racist. Is there anyone we know in this movie? Uh, Taryn Manning plays nope. Karen. She was in Orange and the New Black. And that's about it. Oh, that's that's my favorite show. I've seen so many times. Yeah, exactly. Even her soap dispenser in her bathroom has a Confederate flag on it. Oh, come on. Through in her hallway, she has pictures of Confederate soldiers. So this is a subtle satire, right? <laughs> like you're saying, Zach, if Jordan Peele handled this, it wouldn't have been made because it's honestly painful and it's so over the top. And but it's it, a horror movie. It's a thriller 
And really? Like, does she like does she kill no, anybody? At the end, she comes in. She says, let's do this, girlfriend. It's on. She comes in with a gun to kill this couple at the end because they won't leave the neighborhood because she's so racist. She needs them to leave. Does there. it try to make her at all like a three dimensional character? No, no, no. That's just, why there's no subtlety from second no. one to the last. She's the worst. There's person. no growth. No, no behind the scenes. Zero percent or anything like that. She's yeah. just terrible. Just terrible. And mm. so is the movie. And I'm glad no one really saw it because it doesn't need to be seen. But I did. Because I knew I'd be talking about it at the was end of the year. Was this a Kentmas one as well? No, I watched this like in the summer. I was like, yeah, I could watch a, this a is scary a Sundance movie. movie actually, what, what, what'd you watch it on? Um, I think uh, you know, like um, a Netflix or. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say. Yeah. What's your number three, Kent? It's Cinderella. Oh yes, Cinderella twenty twenty one. Oh yeah, yeah. With uh, oh, what's her name? Camilla Cabello. That's the one. Cabello. Cabello. Cabellas. Camilla Cabellas. Cabellas. Anyways, Cabela so. sponsored the Cinderella guys. Camo Cinderella, Cabela Shields. I'd watch Camo Cinderella. Here's the <laughs> <laughs> here's the synopsis for Cinderella. Ambitious orphan Cinderella gets some magical help from her fab G to realize her oh dreams, making a life for herself, selling her signature dresses. Oh my fab gosh. G is some prominent fairy godmother. It's uh, yeah, Fab G. It's Fab G. Oh, in the cast here we have Adina Menzel playing the evil stepmother, but once again, Naturally. movies don't dare to do villains anymore. No. So the stepmother is just kind of a cranky stepmother who hasn't really been seen. The stepsisters are just misunderstood. Yeah. And Cinderella, her goal here is to become a dressmaker. When she goes to oh, the ball... Billy Porter. Yeah, Billy Porter is yes, Fab G. Right. When, she, when she goes to the ball, it's not to meet the prince, who they do fall in love based on a song. Oh, they ruin somebody to love by Queen. No. Oh, by the way, this oh, is a, it's a karaoke show, isn't it's it? It's a karaoke show. Oh, with one, no. But it does have one original song that Camilla Cabellas, or Camel Camilla, sings. <laughs> Camel Cabellas. That she sings a lot in this movie to kind of drive the point home of being an independent woman in 2021. Is it independent woman by Beyonce? No, it's not, but oh. they should have added it. The first song is Rhythm Nation. And I'm like... Like mm. Janet Jackson? Yeah, I'm like, stop it. Like, it wants to be like Ella Enchanted a little bit. Right. With a little more flair. Or Ever After. Ever After. Did work. Yeah, El Enchanted did yeah. kind of work. Mm. El Enchanted oh, is definitely one of the lesser fairy watch, tales. Yeah, you're right. But yeah. watch these two side by side. I was aggressively angry at this one. Pierce Brosnan's in this movie as the king. Oh, no. Does he sing? When you're gone. He actually, <laughs> the best part of the movie, he tries to sing a note and he like cr- cracks his voice. And I was like, that's funny. Spoiler alert. Can I spoil this movie? Uh, five, six, seven, eight. Does she put on a pair of Jordans at the end? What, like, Basically. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it's, it's still medieval. Okay. You know, but with flair. But Cinderella meets the prince, uh, but actually she wants to be the dressmaker. So when she goes to the ball, she's like, nope, this is not for me. I want to make dresses for other royalty. So mm. she leaves the kingdom and decides to be independent. And the prince says, well, I no longer want to be king. I want to follow her and help her make dresses. And so the prince's sister becomes king. <clears throat> 2021. Woo! Yeah, Cinderella. No, can't, you don't have to have a story if you've got a message. It's got a message. You don't need a story. For sure. Uh, so it doesn't this, need to make sense. This movie ended, and we watch, I watched it with my two daughters and my older daughter, who's smarter now because she watches, uh, <clears throat> well, she's a little darker because of me. But I was like, oh, man. And my girls always go, Dad, did you like it? My youngest, who's so sweet, goes, Dad, please say you liked it. No. <laughs> and I, I look to my oldest, and I go, what'd you think? And she goes, 
I hated that so much. <laughs> and I said, I said, me too. <laughs> and my youngest goes, no, but it was, it was good. I'm like, oh. you'll learn, kid. How about you and your oldest daughter? Cynicism reigns supreme in them house. Me. We truly did. Oh, that's great. Is it, it's like that on your family crest, just a big C for cynicism? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and J for jaded, somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I hated this one. Do not watch this. It's on Amazon Prime. I like how I'm telling you where to go to, watch, to avoid Joel this movie. Watch it. It's on Amazon Prime, <laughs> for streaming free. now. Joel, what's your number three you know i hate when kent's right yeah i hate when kent can say i told you so yeah uh, it's only uh, happened like on. twice can we have more buildup i like this keep going we get it this i hate it came out Ugh. because it's grown-ups too oh oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> what year so, did this come out 2013 okay okay so this came out in 2013, and uh, I'll read the synopsis oh, here. He feels so vindicated. After moving his family back to his hometown to be with his friends and their kids, Lenny, played by Adam Sandler, finds out that between old bullies, new bullies, schizo bus drivers, drunk cops on skis, and 400 costume party crashers, sometimes crazy follows you. That's the synopsis I am. Are you kidding me? Is the Fab no. G in there somewhere? Probably. Zach, the reason why this is vindication is uh, he saw the first grown-ups. Yeah. You warned me against the whole franchise. Mm-hmm. And I watched the first one, and yeah. I went, that wasn't so bad. It has I wasn't so bad. No, they just, I, I laughed. Someone followed this group but I camera, should have known. that was all that happened. But I should have known. When this movie starts with a deer peeing in a guy's mouth, mm-hmm. like he's, Adam Sandler's laying in bed, and all of a sudden this deer wanders in their house. He scares it. It rears up and pees on his face. Mm-hmm. And I went, I should have just been like, oh, never mind. This is how the movie it's going to be. the burp snart that happens. Don't want to talk about it. Yep. It just really set a low bar for comedy. Like that, like the first one, I feel like they tried, and they went, "Oh, we don't even have to try that hard." No, and so they did this one. This movie, Kent, cost eighty million dollars to how, make. How much did it make? Mostly it salary. Two hundred and forty-seven. Oh, that's what I thought, but still, quite a profit. Three times, but eighty million dollars for this movie. It's like a, a well. It's, it's, no it's, special effects. They just go on vacation. Except it's for just that Sandler deer. paying himself and his buddies, though. Yeah, but this one's terrible. This one stars Adam Sandler, Kevin James, Chris Rock, David Spade, Selma Hayek, uh, Maya Rudolph, Nick Swardson. I don't know why I went that far down the list. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was pretty far down with Nick Swardson. Yeah. <laughs> Directed by the guy who did Beverly Hills Ninja, The Benchwarmers, and You Don't Mess with the Zohan. Oh, don't forget Problem Child, Happy Gilmore, Ben Big Daddy. And the first yeah. grown-ups. Oh, okay. Yeah, Happy Gilmore. I, I just don't understand right. how this had Big the Daddy. same basic group of actors, minus Rob Schneider, who... Did they have a falling out? For No, no. He had scheduling issues. I think it's the one amazing decision he's made in he his life. He can show up on this vacation, huh? Apparently not. But this one is a half-baked cash grab. <laughs> they don't care. No. They don't care. At least the first movie had some sort of story. It's a gathering of friends is what it feels like. Yes. yes. This is like a series of loosely related gags mm-hmm. of like, wouldn't it be funny if this happened? Put it in the movie. Wouldn't it be funny if this happened? Put it in the movie. Where does it fit? Doesn't matter. I really just, it, it doesn't care if it's funny. It just threw stuff at the screen mm-hmm. and, and saw what stuck and nothing stuck. It was terrible. Yeah. So I, was there a three? No. Somehow, even though this movie made such a big profit. And the first, like I said, I actually would watch the first one again. Fine. I'm never going to watch mm. Grown Ups 2 because Grown Ups 2 is a horrible movie. Mm. And there's so. still movies that beat this one. There are. Okay. Wow. Well, it's what's your number two, Joel? Remember last year how <laughs> I gave a lot of hate to the Friday the 13th series? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Because I watched all of them last Halloween. Your least favorite movie of the year last year was, was Jason Takes Jason Manhattan. Takes Manhattan, yes. Uh, my number two for this year is actually Halloween 2, which the 2009 Rob Zombie okay. Halloween I'm 2. I'm so confused already, but yes. Yes, because there is a Halloween 2 that came out earlier and that, that you know, done by John Carpenter. That was fine. This mm-hmm. is the, the Rob Zombie one. And Rob Zombie, for some reason, 
just who hurt you, Rob Zombie? Who hurt you? I'm going to read the synopsis. Laurie Strode struggles to come to terms with her brother Michael's deadly return to Haddonfield, Illinois. Meanwhile, Michael prepares for another reunion with his sister. Directed by Rob Zombie, I, I mentioned, and stars Malcolm McDowell in it. And Sherry Moon Zombie. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, I didn't know that was a trigger. <laughs> in the first movie, uh-huh. uh, first Rob Zombie movie, which wasn't good, the character played by Sherry Moon Zombie, she plays Michael Myers' mom. Spoiler alert for Halloween 2007. Mm-hmm. Never watched She it. dies. Yeah. And I was like, okay, whatever fine whatever this movie it's like he's like oh i killed her off what can i do i know i'll put her in dream sequences with a white horse so she's all over this movie they have a whole flashback with her and then she appears with this white horse but this honestly they really bring it all together in the oh, no, they, no don't. they don't <laughs> this feels like a music video more of a music video than a halloween movie yeah trippy music like video. slow motion um, this woman in a white dress walking with the white horse in this white hallway and it's like oh we're so artsy <laughs> I hated it. There is no one to root for in this dark no. and grimy flick. Like this really is just, I mean, it's just disgusting mm-hmm. all the way through. And I watched it on TV. Like I watched an edited version of it and it's just, it's grotesque and demoralizing. I did not like it at all. I That's really, your movie poster quote right there. Yes, it should be. And and he's <laughs> also, uh, he was allowed to break some rules in this movie, such as Michael Myers doesn't wear a mask for a good chunk of it. Mm-hmm. And they show him as a kid. They show him as an adult. He doesn't have a mask on. It really kind of ruined the mysterious presence of the shape of Michael Myers. Yeah. And I just, this was miserable. I, I didn't like it. Oh, it's I so bad. Like it. And I knew I knew I wasn't going to like it going into it because the first one I did not like. And it's a sequel of a movie I didn't like. Mm-hmm. What are the odds of me actually liking it? <laughs> Actually, I did happen in Mad Max. So yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Like two better than one. But yeah, uh, Halloween Part Two in two thousand nine by Rob Zombie. Bad. Avoid it. All right, Kent. What's your number two? Crypto Zoo. What? What is Crypto Zoo? So we bought a Crypto Zoo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Crypto.com. Damon does do uh, cryptocurrency commercials these days. I've seen that so many times. In this richly animated adventure story, zookeepers tasked with safeguarding mysterious and endangered mythical creatures must protect them from enemies oh, far and wide. Right. Cryptozoology. One of the first movies I saw this year, the uh, Sundance Film Festival. Yeah, you told us about this. Do you remember what I said? I remember you you saying it was it was not one I should watch unedited. Yeah, or at all. <laughs> I think I said the words doodity. Poorly drawn characters. Yeah. Very political. Animated. Yeah. And so this, the animation is like adult animation. It's something you'd see on Adult Swim at like 4.30 in the morning. (laughs) And it seems like it was drawn by like Napoleon Dynamite in his liner notes for math class. It's a liger. Like, yeah. And they essentially, so we did a show on cryptids and it was fun and I learned a lot. Yeah. And this movie is called CryptoZoo. And I was like, I'm going to see the movie about cryptids. Really, this movie is about mythological creatures. It's like uh, Griffin, uh, Chimera, Mm -hmm. Medusa. Okay. And so it's these hippies in the 60s that are trying to save all these mythological creatures from the evil government organization. And it's animated, you said? It's all animated, and it's very long. It's, like it's not a short animation? film. Traditional meaning like chicken scratches like and some and color white? here and there. No, no, it's it's colored, but it's okay. horrible. It's like a 70s cartoon. Yeah, it kind of feels like a 70s cartoon. Okay. And there's so much cartoon duty. 
Like, I just hated it. Like, the first scene, let me explain the first scene. This couple, you know, they're like, hey, let's go kiss in this illegal compound. You know, there's a big fence, but let's jump the fence. It's basically like, let's go to Jurassic Park and make out. Well, who wouldn't want to do that? <laughs> and so they're there. And then a unicorn gores both of them and kills them in a really gory cartoon way. It's like, oh, okay. And that's the most entertaining part of the movie. Oh, and they talk about killing the patriarchy at the same time. Gorings. So it's fun. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. And mythological creatures and the patriarchy, guys. So that's much it. fun in my cartoons. So much fun. This is, this is a very highbrow animated Ooh. film and i hated it it's a wonder it didn't make my number one best worst right. making sure <laughs> no. just making sure where that line was drawn because you do like highbrow before we get to number one do you have any honorable mentions i, I do there's a movie called bliss uh stars owen wilson and selma hayek isn't that the one that spun off into say by the bell <laughs> no, no, yeah, basically uh chaos walking with tom holland and daisy ridley oh that was, looked bad it was a mess of a movie yeah there's an idea there but it's just silly zola no one watch it it's really dirty and grimy spiral from the book of saw it's bad for a saw movie and that's that one of your something. most anticipated well just because i was curious it's not because i thought it would be good i just wanted to like it mm-hmm. it's really really bad halloween kills speaking of halloween mm. i hated halloween kills but the sequel, i was gonna say the reboot has been okay so far yeah, the first one and yeah. then halloween kills came out and eternals yeah um, you're gonna throw that under the bus like that huh joel do you have honorable mentions oh boy do i I'm going to give these in alphabetical order. Adventures in Babysitting, the 2016 version. Oh, hey. my goodness. Had to clarify that. Boomerang with Eddie Murphy. The Christmas Chronicles 2. Yeah. yeah. Not good. Conan the Barbarian. Watch that for the first time all the way through. But he punches Jason. a Camilla Cabello. I mean, <laughs> a, a camel. <laughs> oh, camel. That's right. Uh, Cruella. Dream a Little Dream from 1989. Eternals. Yeah. Uh, Flash Gordon. Godzilla versus Hedora. Halloween 2007 made my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Halloween Resurrection made my honorable mentions. <laughs> Halloween Five: The Wrench of Michael Myers made my honorable mentions. <laughs> it's a very Muppet Christmas movie. Uh, you guys remember? Is that the? That oh, okay. Uh, oh, Land yeah. of the Lost with Will Ferrell. Remember that one? Oh. Masters of the Universe 1987 hated that. Uh, hated? Hated. That was so bad. Monkey Bone with Brendan Fraser. Oh. Why did I watch that? Muppets Wizard of Oz. Push uh, with. Uh, uh, Chris Evans, based on the novel by no, that was, no, no. Jumper or Push? I get those two it's, confused. No, Jumper's better than Push. Jumper's with uh, Anakin. Yeah. R.I.P.D. with this uh, is like Ryan an all star list of bad Joel. I know. I started. I went down a rabbit hole. Uh, Stir Crazy with uh, Gene Wilder and Richard mm-hmm. Pryor. Sophie's Choice. I finally watched Sophie's <laughs> Choice. I choose to never watch that movie again. <laughs> but did you cry? The ending is the only good part. Yeah, the ending is actually the that only is part. The only that's only good actually, part. Yeah, mentioned. At all. Uh, third thirteen ghosts. <laughs> Um, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and Yentl. This oh, list, this that list. got mean at the end. <laughs> what? Because uh, I said Yentl? Yentl? Yeah, that seems like you're picking on her. No, I watched it. I was like, this is a dumb movie. This is a terrible movie. Why'd you do this? This list is brought to you by Netflix DVD cues. <laughs> I canceled Netflix DVD cues. After that These list, I wonder why. All right, Kent, give us your number one. Your number one worst movie of 2021. I wrote this in my review, but let me describe how this movie made me feel. Before you're telling me what the movie I'm is. I'm trying to guess what it is. I want you to imagine the game of Boggle. Though instead of letters that you'd hope to create words with, I want you to imagine action movie tropes and plots in their place. Okay, now shake the board and let the pieces settle. Tell the other players to yell at you all at once. Now throw a firecracker in the game board. Let it explode and burn to the point where the melting plastic fumes kill your brain cells. You've now experienced 
the hitman's wife's bodyguard. <laughs> yes, I remember you hating on this. I hated this movie so much. I felt like I got like I was a shaken baby at the end. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't think you can say that. <laughs> I did though. So this one's directed by Patrick Hughes, who directed the first one and Expendables three. And it starred Ryan Reynolds, there for the paycheck, Samuel L. Jackson, who is just Samuel L. Jackson all the time, and Selma Hayek, who I think actually was trying really hard in this movie. She's giving it her all, but her all is bad. It felt like everyone was yelling at the screen, even the director. Like, if he's like, oh, Ryan Reynolds is really on his game, let's throw in an explosion. Mm -hmm. And Samuel L. Jackson is Samuel L. Jackson. Obviously, this movie is very crass. Well, in The Hitman's Bodyguard, I don't know if you guys remember, but that has the distinct award of me forgetting I saw it. Yes. Like I watched I watched the movie years ago. I watched it again the whole way through and only a couple parts felt familiar and then I went to go do my review and I'm like, "Oh, I've already reviewed this." Mm-hmm. Completely forgettable. Would you watch the sequel? I don't know if I have. No, no, would you? I ever? don't know if I have. <laughs> oh, you mean you may have. <laughs> I may have. I don't know. So a lot of people are like, "Why are you so hard on Ryan Reynolds?" If someone ever asked me that again, I will have a copy of the Hitman's Wife's... I hate this title so much. The Hitman's Wife's... But the Roos Chris Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and I will put in the DVD for them and walk away and let the emotional damage happen. Antonio Banderas plays like this Greek power magnate. And it's just... I've seen this. <laughs> I can't remember. Morgan Freeman plays Ryan Reynolds' dad. <laughs> what? what did you say? <laughs> It doesn't make sense because it all happened so fast. (laughs) The end. I can't think about this anymore. What? Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. I have to share this pain with others. I'm seriously going to look up after this show if I've actually reviewed that That, or not. That was my favorite movie reveal since last year when Kent talked about F9. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Go into space. 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 (laughs) All right. What do you got, Joel? (laughs) Get your motor running, gentlemen. Head on on the the highway. highway. Look for adventure and whatever comes your way. Because what came my way was 1969's Easy Rider. What? Wow. Two bikers head from L.A. to New Orleans to the open country and desert lands. Along the way, they meet a man who bridges a counterculture gap of what they had been unaware. Directed by cocaine. Nope, nope, (laughs) sorry, it's marijuana. No, no, directed by Dennis Hopper, who you may remember as President Koopa from the live-action Super Mario Brothers. You already said cocaine, so that's right. I've seen that movie about ten times. Oh my gosh! I watched it for the first time. Mario, not this year, not, not Waterworld. This is considered one of the great it classics. Is. Easy Rider. This counterculture movie about these two bikers driving across the country it's doing it, drugs. It's just the imagery of the bikes. Literally, literally, they like when they're using drugs in the movie. They're really using drugs. Like wait, wait they are. Yep. Yep. Uh, reportedly, that's what's happening on the screen is they are actually getting high while making this movie and while creating this movie and while writing this movie because this movie is nothing. This movie is really just them riding on the bike to cool music. Soundtrack's great. Mm-hmm. And then they ride their bikes and then they hang out with some people for a while and they ride their bikes they hang out with some people for a while. And I just, I understand. This was made to appeal to a certain type of viewer. Yeah. I am not that viewer. I could not relate to the protagonists. They were definitely high when they were editing this movie. It was so choppy. And I felt like they were just making this simplistic story up 
as they went. They just, as they were going, they're like, what do you want to do now? Oh, let's hang out with these hippies for a while. Cool. Let's do that. Is let's this film one, it. Is this one of the most overrated movies of all time? This came out the same year as Midnight Cowboy. So I don't know if I could say that. <laughs> uh, what a good year. This mm, got two mm. Academy Award nominations for best original screenplay. What? And best supporting actor, Jack Nicholson, who's yep. in this. Because it's Peter Fonda, Dennis Hopper, Jack Nicholson. They're the trio in the top of this. So it's the fourth highest grossing film of 1969. Which boggled my mind. This made, it was made for $400,000. It made $60 million. Wow. 150 times its budget, if I did my math right. But I'm not sure because I watched this movie <laughs> and my brain's fried. It was actually beat by The Love Bug and Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid and Midnight Cowboy. But mm. it, this movie beat True Grit, for all you Western yeah. fans out there, and Hello, Dolly, for all you musical fans yeah, out there. Yeah, that's pretty good. This movie. And then it ends in this kind of abrupt, nothing way... And I really got to the end of the movie and I went, I just kind of like turned off the TV and went, okay, I'm going to bed. Cause I was yeah. just done. Exhausted. In fact, I did fall asleep during this movie. <laughs> of course. I had to rewind it and I was so mad oh, that I had painful, to rewind because it. Because the time has again. passed. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch anymore. So I was quite grouchy while watching it. Yeah. After the fact, I shouldn't say I went into a grouchy. I actually wanted, wanted to like this movie. Not for me. So my number one worst movie of 2021 was 1969's <laughs> Easy Rider. <laughs> I love it. Those lists were terrible. How were our rants? Terrible. Can we? I mean, can, they were actually. Can really we good. be happy now? Very entertaining. Let's be happy. Let's bring some joy. Bring this up a little bit. Can I join along? Oh yeah! yeah please. I watched good movies. You sure can. Worse Zach. Yay! <laughs> I liked them. Can I? You're start? not the worst Zach. Can I, you're can really I, great. Is it okay if I start? Yeah, you bet. Okay. My you're number awesome, five. Zach. My number five best movie. I actually got to see uh, with Kent way too close to the screen at a screener, and that is. Last night in Soho. Oh, there we go. Oh. I like this movie. And I'm sure it'll, I would imagine it'll come up on Ken's list later. So I won't talk about it too much other than it's really good and really fun. I'll give you the synopsis here. An aspiring fashion designer is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer. But the glamour is not all it appears to be. And the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter. Oh, my gosh. Something darker. Last night in Soho. Yeah. Wait, what would you think? I was thinking of that that hotel movie with Chris Hemsworth. What is that? What the the hotel that borders Nevada and somewhere else? Oh, oh. What? yep. What's that one called? Nobody remembers. Yeah. Nope. But, but I know this is an actual 2021 movie. Called. I honestly no. I saw Emily <laughs> posted about last night in Soho, and you, I told uh, you must look it up. Something Royale or oh bad times bad, bad times. times at the El Royale right? That's what I I thought you were what talking about that movie. Title. I thought she was talking about that yeah. movie. Yes. Last night and so the Edgar no, Wright movie, so, the Edgar Wright, a thriller movie enjoy. that came out this yeah. year. Okay, this is starring uh, Thomas and Mackenzie. Anya Taylor Joy has eleventh Doctor Matt Smith in it, and he'll never shake that title. This is an interesting movie because I've said before, if you like Edgar Wright movies, if you watch Edgar Wright movies because you like the flavor of that Cornetto trilogy, or you like Baby Driver or Scott Pilgrim, that's not here. That's not what this movie. But is. we like that. Why well, we would want to watch something we yeah, like? This, right. This still has. A, a flavor, right? And that, that's what he brings to movies. Right? He brings a unique flavor. And this definitely does. But it's a tribute movie to the, you know, these these 60s. So you've got your modern day storyline and you've got your your storyline through the past. And the way they interweave, I found so, so interesting. It's actually the only movie I was like, I need to see it again. I took my wife after, you know, we I saw it with Kent at the screening. I took my wife again to see it. And it was great a second time. Uh, and I just, I really enjoyed this so movie. So what flavor From, of Cornetto is this? Uh, well, I don't know. What, what would say uh, James Bond and Thunderball flavor. But yeah, this this movie has a lot of style, um, has a lot of flair. The story is interesting. And the thriller stuff that gets brought into the storyline works for me. 
and it's very enjoyable. Yes, it is. Yes. It's quite great. Yes. So my average date for my worst movies, if you remember, was 1989. Yeah. The yeah. average date for my Hold best on. movies... 94. 2004. Whoa. Oh. Very close. So this bumped it up a bit. And actually, a lot of these were from 2020. <laughs> like, that's kind of the funny thing about my list. I always, list, I always feel like I'm uh, like Catching a year up. behind. Right. Uh, but my number 20 is The Sound of Metal. Oh. Uh, You're number 20. My, well, no, my number five. Yeah. <laughs> from 2020. Meh. Uh, but a heavy metal drummer's life is thrown into free fall when he begins to lose his hearing. And this stars uh, Riz Ahmed, uh, Olivia Cook. Uh, that's uh, you might mm-hmm. know them, uh, but you might recognize that Riz Ahmed from Venom. Nope, <laughs> he's in that. Yeah, did you watch this for the Oscars? Because it was getting a lot of buzz. Yes, that was the only right. time I watched it. And then he's I, the I, accomplice in Nightcrawler, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's good. That's a great movie too. Oh yeah. Really dark. Uh, this one uh, is uh, rated R for language. Very easy to edit out, though, if you want, if that's your type of thing. And this one, I felt like Riz Ahmed's... Is I saying that? Yeah. But Riz Ahmed's performance was the backbone of this. Like, mm-hmm. I really related to him, and he was he felt so realistic. And it, they used some really creative the sound, sound editing. editing to yeah. make it, you know, kind of kind of comprehend what it might be like to be hearing impaired, which I was, I was stressed out during mm-hmm. a lot of the movie. Like, it, it's a stressful but hopeful movie. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Original Screenplay, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor. It won for Best Sound and Best Film Editing. The dedication of Rizamet, he was doing uh, two hours a day learning American Sign Language, two hours a day in drum lessons, two hours a day with a personal trainer, and the remainder with his acting coach. So he was really pouring himself into this movie, and it shows. It's it's amazingly heartbreaking, but also very uplifting. It kind of ends on a little kind of... I don't want to say down note, but kind of this sure. off note, maybe. Yeah, because the movie feels real. It does. Yeah, it's not going so to kind of not going to be way. a packaged, beautifully packaged end. Right. But I, I, the the whole journey, I just thought this was really kind of insightful and compelling. So if you haven't seen uh, Sound of Metal, I recommend giving it. a it's great. Watch. So it's on Amazon Prime, so you can watch that instead of Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Yay! And available in Angel. What do you have, Kent, for your number five? I'm sorry, Joel. I have June. I mean Dune. But I like saying June. 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 I have Dune. Spice. Paul Atreides, a brilliant and gifted young man born into a great destiny beyond his understanding, must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people. Tatooine slash Arrakis. And so this is a movie that's not a remake of the old movie because that was an adaptation of the unfilmable book. Right. That's a really weird 1980 movie. Mm -hmm. And this one, this is Denis Villeneuve. Did I say that right? Denis Villeneuve. It's actually Riz Ahmed. <laughs> yeah, basically. Camilla Cavella. <laughs> Anyways, it's a director I love. It's a movie I was looking forward to. Dune is a story I've never really associated myself. Like, I, I've never been in that kind of deep lore sci-fi fandom for anything. And I was like, okay, if anyone can make this relevant to me, I think it's Denis Villeneuve. And he did. He definitely had to do... A lot of work to, in the first third, say, all right, let's catch you up on the oh, politics yeah. of this universe. It's a fire hose for the first it, It's a there. fire hose, but it's a fire hose to me that doesn't pander and that I can still understand. Most fire hoses don't pander. <laughs> well, okay. Okay, what I'm saying is... The analogy broke down here. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> did. I think I ended with the beginning. It's a fire hose where I could understand, and especially with subtitles uh, on my second and third rewatches. Yeah. And then, it, but it felt like to me like a sci-fi movie, a sci-fi blockbuster, because it is a blockbuster that doesn't pander. Mm-hmm. This is the 
I not quite highbrow, but it's a smart man Star Wars in a way. And and I say that because there's a wow. lot of elements of Dune that George Lucas stole. Like the dunes. Just just the, the dunes. That's it. He stole the sand. It's yeah. coarse and irritating. Rough. That's the <laughs> Everyone hates everywhere. it. The sandworms, also not super great. Beetlejuice stole that. Yeah, but right. Kevin Bacon stole that. And then this one had the Hans Zimmer score with bagpipes in the desert, mm-hmm. which worked for me. I don't know why, but I think the the film nerd, the, the film... The man got uh, an organ to work in a cornfield. So, yeah. You know. the, the college film student in me was like, if I don't even like the story, when this movie first started, if I don't even like the story, the audio in this movie is just worth being a part of. Well, and you haven't even talked about the visual effects yet. Oh, the visual that effects. That was... For a, most, a smaller budget, too. Yeah, this was, that was the most impressive thing for me, was watching this thing going, I believe this could exist. Like, like if, you mean the world? Yeah, you mean the, the world crafts? built, the, the ships, the, the landscapes. I was watching it going, this is really kind of impressive. Like seamless CG, right? Yeah. And I mean, the movie has benefited because it's all virtually one color, because it's all just sand. Yeah. But there is so much life to the world. The best and worst part is that this is part one. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, and I've talked about this before, I'm like, cool, because it ends on a less than Fellowship of the Ring ending where you're like, what, was that a climax of a movie or are we just kind of saying to be continued, see you in yeah. another month? That's what I wanted from this because I want to see more. I was just like, wow, if that sequel is not very good, this movie built up a lot with great actors and great acting to not be very good as well. And they didn't say it was a part one At the when very they first beginning. made the movie. No, when they first made the movie, mm-hmm. they weren't saying it was part one. Then you watch the movie and it pumps up and says, Dune, part one. Yes. And to me, I, I mean, I knew going into it, but to me that kind of went, thank you. Thank yes. you for saying where this ends is not the ending. There's going to be more. Because with a story like that, I haven't read the book, but I, I assume there's so much to that story that a two and a half hour movie or two hours, 45 minute movie that this is couldn't put it all in. It would be entirely yeah. rushed. And so it was smart, but also I wish it was already done so we could just know. I mean, there's like 60 books in that franchise. They say there may be two or three movies. Okay. I just don't think I'm smart enough to understand this movie, to be honest. Well, that's the thing. It, it goes so far into the politicking that it can really just be boring. I, I appreciated it, but I just the whole time I kept going like, I'm stupid. I'm stupid. No, not at all. It, not at all. It, sometimes it can feel detached, especially when Timothy Chalamet plays it kind of like, mm, here I am. I, I think he's fine in the movie, but I think the other actors like Rebecca Ferguson yeah. are more of the heart of the movie. Yeah. So I'm excited to become more attached to his character. I hope the second one can pull it off. That's why it's my number five. It would have been higher if there was actually like a complete story. And this may raise in my grades if the second movie is any good. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, sorry, that was like a ramble. Woo. Yeah. You don't get after him for talking too long. It was June. I, I'm. That it was, was a, June when you started explaining that movie. <laughs> but that's a good movie. J- Joel, what's your next one? My number four is a horror movie. Uh, came out in 2020. It's His House. Mm, awesome. So His House, Ken already talked about this. Our Haunted House show. Yeah, was mm-hmm. that it? Yep. So a refugee couple makes a harrowing escape from war-torn South Sudan, but then they struggle to adjust to their new life in an English town that has evil lurking beneath the surface. This was a Sundance movie, came out in Sundance of 2020, and then Netflix got the rights to the film. This is TV-14, Yeah, Whoa. which is weird to hear in a, in a, in a movie rating show. Or like movie rating show, uh, but... Child in Peril, though. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Man, this movie. How can I explain it other than even if it weren't a horror movie, this might have made my list in the sense of there's some emotional gut punches that yeah, happen because it's an immigration story yeah and a horror film i felt like it just parts of this movie really got to me like emotionally and then i was 
terrified at other parts. They do a really good job of scaring you. Mm -hmm. So it's like this horror movie that's also this deep drama. And it has this indie low budget film that really works. Like you're watching this going, I know they didn't have a lot of money, but that looks really good right there. Uh, I have been thinking about it and discussing it ever since I watched it. I, in fact, wanted to get, I, I think I might get my wife to watch this one because she was very interested in the story, although mm-hmm. I told her the whole story because she kept wanting to know more about it. This stars uh, 11th Dr. Matt Smith. He's never going to mm-hmm. go away from that title. Never. Uh, as It doesn't star him. He's actually a side character. But I just wanted to bring that up because you brought him up before. Yes. But his house, if you're looking for a scary movie with some meat to it, that sounds yeah. weird. Because uh, a lot of yeah, movies, not gore, but because a lot of movies yeah. have meat. Yeah, not gore, but meat. I recommend watching his house. It will terrify what, you. What was so great about it is it has the logic of it's a haunted house. Why wouldn't why wouldn't you just leave? There's they a reason this couple can't leave. They can't leave, mm. and it's it's sad to watch it all happen and unfold before your eyes. But also, one thing I also liked about this movie is that it does have kind of a positive vibe at the mm-hmm. end. It's not a horror movie that leaves you feeling like ugh. You feel more like, ah, uh. <laughs> completely <laughs> yeah, different. Says, says it right. Yeah. So his house, 2020. All right. What do you have, Kent? My fourth favorite movie of the year is Bad Times at the El Royale. <laughs> it's it's Last it? Night in oh, Soho. I was like, wait, that came out <laughs> two years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I love Last Night in Soho. When Zach and I saw this, I think there was a little bit of trepidation from both of us because yeah. the first third of this movie, it, it really shows the modern day Thomas and Mackenzie story of this wannabe fashion designer. And it kind of has this plot where you're like, is this plot thread going to go anywhere? Maybe it kind of seems a little bit too much like, or too little like Edgar Wright. There's not a lot of style, but is in that second act, the style comes and it never leaves. And it becomes a, not quite a horror film, but a haunting film mm-hmm. and haunting in realistic and supernatural ways. The last third, people either love it or hate it. I am in the love it camp. Well, and I, I haven't seen it, but mm-hmm. I, I will give them props for the, the trailer. It was one of those yes. trailers that stuck out among all the yeah. horde of trailers last year mm-hmm. that I went, there's something interesting about this movie, and I yeah. do want to see it. And the story really comes together, I feel. And what it is is because Wright is a very talented filmmaker, what he uses as far as like mirrors and reflections, because it's also kind of challenging when you have a story of Thomas and Mackenzie almost playing the role of Anya Taylor-Joy, but she's not at the same time. She's kind of an eavesdropper in the past. And so they kind of bounce that back and forth where sometimes it may be a mirror reflection of the two looking at each other. Other times she's just watching it from across the room. And so... I'm pretty sure that was in Grown Ups as well. Oh, stop that right <laughs> no, now. No, it's Grown Ups too. And then oh, the, yes, then yeah. the deer walks in yes. to the nightclub. No. And so it's a very harrowing movie. It's a, it's a heavy content movie for sure. And yeah. honestly, what I mostly loved about it is... Not really a spoiler. Thomas and Mackenzie has to live through this past and kind of like if anyone's seen Somewhere in Time, she becomes a little. Have you guys seen it? I have not. Oh, you should. She becomes a little infatuated with the past. And but then it kind of begins to haunt her. And because she loves it so much and then bad things happen that you can see her mental decline. And I love when a protagonist of a movie actually, and this is going to sound weird, suffers so that you want them to get out of that suffering. You're like, no, no, this is really bad for you. Stop doing this. And so you want her to overcome it. And that's the movie really grabbed me that way. So my number four, Last Night in Soho. Nice. I have a feeling my number four will pop up on Joel's list, probably. Uh, mine is Spider-Man. No way home. There we go. Aww, hey. With Spider-Man's identity now revealed, Peter asks Doctor Strange for help. When a spell goes wrong, dangerous foes from other worlds start to appear, forcing Peter to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. Spoil away, Zach. 
Yeah. Just spoil no, the whole movie. No, for no, us. no, 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 no. <laughs> this is if I had to compare it to anything, it'd be It's a Wonderful Life based on that description. No, I just felt like the description yeah. was bad. I was like, wait, yeah. what? Yeah. yeah. No, uh, this is you've seen this movie. Everybody's seen this movie. It's a billion dollar movie. But yeah, I mean, this will go down as one of my favorite movie theater experiences, in addition to being a very fun movie. We recently talk, obviously talked about it on our Pagan bit at length, so I won't go too much into it, but just sitting in a completely full movie theater opening weekend of this exciting movie that literally generations of nerds are excited for right. uh, is, was ex- very, very fun, and this movie delivers on the hype. Which you can't always say, right? Right. It, but I do think this movie does deliver on the hype. And again, just a fun experience, a fun movie. I loved seeing those, you know, those those high intensity action scenes, especially near the end. Um, and this really felt like a great Spider-Man movie. And, we and did, I love Spider-Man. We did give a full review of it on our Pagan Bit pre this season. It's kind mm-hmm. of a, during our break. We did a little Pagan Bit review of it. So patrons, if you haven't heard that, go go give it a listen. Yeah, please please do. All right. Next up is going to be. Kent. My number three is on Netflix right now, actually released on Netflix. It's Bo Burnham, Inside. You love Inside. I love Inside. Not a movie. I'm going to give it a asterisk. It's a film because he released it. It's Bo Burnham, by the way, is a comedian. Mm-hmm. Like he's a stand up comic. He has three other specials. I think you can find him on Netflix. He is uh, 30 years old. So young prodigy, I guess, in the in the comedy world. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of a meta comedian. Always has been. Yeah. Like he'll talk about how like he'll get the audience how to laugh. Spell Burnham? A B-U-R-N-H-A-M. Burnham. Burnham. Yeah, like yeah. you burned your ham. Uh, he kind of goes above and beyond the joke, almost mocking himself and who he is and who he means to society, basically. Added it to my watch list on VidAngel. Yeah, it definitely needs a VidAngel. Definitely needs Not definitely, Angel. but there are some songs and and so let me give the synopsis comedian bo burnham shoots and performs a comedy special over the course of a year all alone with no crew what that synopsis leaves out is this is basically 2020 the movie yeah and so a little bit of background for this one don't want to get too deep Didn't into the rock it. make that yeah and then john cusack was in a movie yeah, yeah 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 right so basically as a comedian he actually had some uh panic attacks uh, like five six years ago and uh, one of his tours and then right at the beginning of 2020 said, Hey, I'm going to get back into comedy. I need a tour again. And then everything happened. Mm -hmm. And they said, okay, well, I'm just going to isolate myself. And so he stayed there and he's like, well, he's got a very small house. It all takes place in one living room. And he says, okay, I'm going to write songs that will make people laugh. And I'm going to film myself. I'm going to light it myself. I'm going to produce everything. Just him. Everything is just him. It shows the decline of a person over the course of a year. So it's not just him singing funny songs. You see his decline physically and mentally and you can see it in the songs and it sounds really depressing you weren't kidding when you said you like suffering i know it's true what it is it's a commentary and an anthem for what 2020 and honestly 2021 were please bless were that i feel like we can all resonate with and the songs are very catchy like there's a song called white woman's instagram Mm -hmm. right and it's it's hilarious. It's every cliche the, you could. The, the Amazon, the Jeffrey Bezos song yeah. has is lit up on you know TikTok. There's it's, one it's about um, cancel culture and he about mm-hmm. him saying he should regret everything, even dressing like Aladdin when he was like eight years old. You know, it's just him telling these jokes through song, but also it there's an amount of depth to it to the point where it's not just the music. It's the camera will focus on him and it's just him like sitting there just being depressed and lonely, spending his thirtieth birthday by himself and saying. This is how boring life is. This is what isolation can do to you. And it's a masterpiece. 
It's an absolute masterpiece. Hmm. Wow. Okay. I High praises. I know because yeah. sure you're going to see them be like, that's okay. I like two of the songs. And I totally understand I that. I saw two of the songs. It just it just hit me in the right way. This is a very yeah. Kent pick. I've, I've watched yeah. it many times. It's, it's intriguing. It's now a background show for me. I don't know if it's ever been done on Bakersfield of you picking a comedy special. I know. Well, it's... But it's not really comedy. It's not that funny. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's, it's dark. It's yeah. suffering. It's, 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 there's, yeah. there's darkness to the comedy. There's so, yeah. suffering. Number three. All right. My movie is also dark and has a lot of suffering. West Side Story, directed by Steven Spielberg. Wow. An adaptation of the 1957 musical. What number West was Side this? Story. This is my number three. Hmm. Three best. So it's not your number one. It's not my number one. Uh, yes, it's it's West Side Story, It's which is Romeo and Juliet, which is just... it's This is... One of my favorite musicals. I love this music specifically. Like the score of this movie is very important to me. I love it. And this particular version, as unnecessary as it may be, I thought is was a beautiful movie. I cried multiple times. Which but one? That's mostly the story. So you're still saying the, the original musical <clears throat> movie is the better version? I wouldn't go that far. Because oh. there are some things in the way that the original movie is made that just doesn't happen in movies anymore. Well, they didn't have digital cinema yeah, back then, Zach. It, that original movie is very slow. This fixes some of those problems. But this also does things like it recontextualizes songs that it gives them interesting new meaning. There, there's a particular song that it's uh, cool and, you know, stay cool, boy. Like it's that's a totally different type of scene in this movie between two, you know, different characters. So I liked those little changes. From a filmmaking standpoint, I mean, Spielberg, the guy knows how to make a movie. This is beautiful to look at. I like the cast. I liked the music. I like the movie. Did it feel like he was just adding a coat of polish, though? Because yeah. obviously he knows what he's doing. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to take something great and make it a little bit shinier. He, he remastered something I like. So, yeah, there's no problem there. It's not like it. And it, it's, it didn't bug it's me. Still super because it was depressing. still well done. Yeah. Right? It's, it's not like the Lion King remake where it was poorly done and worse. Okay. You know? I can understand this that. Is, this is... A little bit, a little bit it of change. Like he a found like bit a of classic update. car in a garage. It was yeah. kind of kind of run down, and he decided to polish it up, chrome it up, put new wheels on it, make it look nice. They call that a resto mod. There's a word for that, and that's exactly what this is. It's like you know, it's good, and it's aged a little bit, and some of the things about that original. But it's movie, not like they got exhibit in there to pimp it out or anything. They, no, they, they, they no. turned into the car it originally was. <laughs> no, there's just a lot fewer guys. Just because your movies are from 2004 doesn't mean your references <laughs> have to be. <laughs> there's a lot well fewer white guys in a lot of very dark makeup in this movie. You know, right. like it's just stuff that happened in that movie that's like oh that's weird. And again, pacing and and all that works but in this movie. Ansel Elgort. Well. Ansel Elgort, I liked a lot. Oh, you did. I didn't, you know, his singing is fine, serviceable as a character. I really liked it, particularly how he handles the end of this movie. I loved, uh, so I, I liked him a lot. I thought he was um, the endearing Tony. Isn't that, that the I needed ending to be. where they kind of skip hand in hand into the sunset? Yeah, nothing bad happens at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I, so you it, like suffering as well? Yes. Uh, well, yeah, clearly, I, I did in this case. Yes. So West Side Story makes my number three. And Joel, what is yours? I also like suffering, but only when it happens over. And over and over oh, that's, and over. That sounds bad. And over. What do you and mean? Over in Palm Springs. Oh yeah. Okay. Suffering, so, huh? <laughs> yeah. Palm Springs came out in 2020. It's so good. Uh, this one actually came out in, in in Sundance, and then Hulu picked it up, mm-hmm. and it came out in some theaters as well. Emily, thank you. Uh, she actually got me an edited copy of this so I awesome. could watch it because it wasn't I wasn't able to edit it on Hulu, and it was still good edited. And it needs it's a bit crass. So I, that's that was one of my big pet peeves about this movie, though, is I was like. If you would have toned that down just yeah. to Brooklyn Nine-Nine levels, uh-huh. this would have been, I think, a much bigger hit. 
I think that they... It deserves to be, right? Yeah. I think more people should know about this. I think they would have had a broader audience had they toned it down just a little bit, because it is very, very crass. Or at least in my version, it was very, very jumpy. But this one, if you don't know, stuck in a time loop, two wedding guests develop a budding romance living the same day over and over again. And this stars uh, Andy Samberg, who co-produced the film, and then Krista Milotti is in the well. She's so good in the movie. She's very good. Yeah. This movie proves why she needed a bigger role in How I Met Your Mother. Mm -hmm. They wasted her on that. In a time loop movie, things can get very repetitive. And Palm Springs does it just right, where every time you start to be like, okay, we got where the, oh, fun new twist. Yeah. And they do something different. And Andy, Andy Samberg proves he's more than just a goofball. He it's actually true. does some acting in this movie, which I was like, well, good for you. I Like I, I said, I, I do think it was a little less crass, a little less vulgar, but I do think... This was your number three last year, yeah, by the way. I loved Last that. year, it was your number three. It's my number three as well, which I didn't know until I put it in there and then I read, listened to last year's show and I'm like, oh, wow, we'll put it at the same place. But I really do think more people should watch this because it is just fun. It is, yeah. It's fun and dark and uplifting and sad. <laughs> like it, it has kind of the mix of everything. Yeah. So Palm Springs, if you get a chance, give it a watch. And for our number two movie, I will start... And sure. I am going to do this is a Zach pick for sure. Is it the best movie? West Side no. Story wasn't is it the second best movie. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But I loved No Time to Die. Okay, I, I I've been did. waiting for the Bond. James Bond has left active service. His peace is short lived when Felix Leiter, an old friend from the CIA, turns up asking for help, leading Bond onto the trail of a mysterious armed villain with dangerous new technology. Wasn't wait a minute? Wasn't that one with Benicio del Toro? Yeah, sure. No. <laughs> um. I, anyway, uh, we we did the Bond show this this year. Obviously, we did the two, you know, the two Bond shows. Yes. And it kind of, especially the second half, overtook the year with this movie finally coming out. It was delayed and delayed and delayed. And for me, it gave me the fitting and satisfying end that I wanted to the Daniel Craig time as Bond. Mm -hmm. And I. Again, this movie hit the nostalgia points for me. It pandered to James Bond fans, and I am one of those people. So I was fine with it. You know, it, it, it again, hit literally the notes that I wanted it to in that, um, you know, with the story and how it wrapped up. It worked in a way that was fine with me. And then, you know, again, the little things that it throws in there just made me happy to be a James Bond fan, and it rewarded me for that. If they never made another James Bond, would you be okay with this? Yep. Yeah, I would be. If I really would. And maybe if this were the end of the era, end of the franchise, mm -hmm. and they said, okay, we're not making any more, I probably would have been fine with it. It bothers me that, that like right at the end, they're like, James Bond will return. And I'm like, eh, okay. Yeah. yeah. A James Bond will return. In yeah. this era of multiverse, I'm glad that they're just like, yep, we're just going to do the same character again. Multiverse is like the best thing ever to happen to Hollywood. Yeah. <sighs> but we're going to get so sick of it. We lost our bacon no, cave not, over not it. Not even in the sense of like actually doing a, a multiverse. I mean in the sense of they can be like, creatively. Hey, we'll just make another movie. And yeah, it's true. Cast new people and it's okay because it's a multiverse. All right. What do you have, Joel? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I'm not sure. I should have looked. I should have looked at my past notes, but I think this may be the oldest movie I've ever put on a top five. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Ken, you said 1930s. You were right. Oh, yeah. This is a 1939 movie. Whoa. <laughs> I watched this year for the first time, Stagecoach. Oh, wow. So Stagecoach, classic Western uh, synopsis. A group of people traveling on a stagecoach find their journey complicated by the threat of Geronimo and learn something about each other in the process. It's not a great synopsis, but it's basically a stagecoach 
going across the Wild West. It's that good? Well, so uh, directed by John Ford, who's done a ton mm-hmm. of great Westerns. Uh, the Man Who Shot Liberty Balance, The Searchers, Rio Grande, are, they're all his. And this is where John Wayne got his breakthrough role. And in fact, John Ford wanted to make this movie with John Wayne. And everyone kept saying like, no, who is this guy? We want you to use these other big name stars. He's like, no, I'm not making this unless I get John Wayne. And it works. Like his, his intro from the get-go is like, whoa, that guy's cool. Hmm. But the thing I liked most about this is even though this was made back 1939, even though this became a template for many Westerns that followed it, it managed to surprise me a few times where I was watching it. I'm like, I didn't see that coming. And I, I got engaged in the story. It's this group of characters and you start to learn and care about each one of them. It's a simple story because they're just trying to get from point A to point B through uh, scary territory. Okay. And, but I was just impressed by the, the, the characters. I really like them. The stunt work and the cinematography. I kept being like, how did you pull that off in the 30s? And I'm, I don't know. Maybe some stuntmen died. But I was really impressed with some of the stunts they did. It in sounds this. like I need to see this. It's fun. It, it is slow. I don't know why. I it's a Western, right? It's a Western. Yeah, it's, from it's, 1939. Like said, this, is, this is the template they made. This is the, the, the what do I call it, mint that they made. They started mm-hmm. pressing all the other Westerns out kind of after it. So yeah. why is it surprising? It sounds like it'd be full of tropes that it created, right? Right. But Have I'm just saying there were some plot twists I didn't see coming. Okay. And some characters that I, I didn't like at first, but I ended up liking. I was just very impressed by it, honestly. And I think more people should see it because it isn't one people really, people don't watch these older movies no. anymore. That's one of the reasons I like doing this is because, and, and truth be told, when I saw this movie and I gave it my rating, it actually got a 4.5, which well, is the highest rating. I yeah, got. on a first watch, right? On a first watch. And I want to watch it again just to see if that still holds up. But I remember when I did that, when I watched it months ago, like this was probably earlier in the year, I went, that's going to be on my end of your list. What? And okay. I, but it felt right. So, and by the way, Orson Welles, you've heard of Orson Welles. He argued that this was the perfect textbook of filmmaking and claimed to have watched it more than 40 times what? in preparation of the making of Citizen Kane. And actually, the original negative of this movie was lost or destroyed. They, didn't, mm. they couldn't find it. And then uh, someone was visiting John Wayne, and he had uh, a positive print of it. He didn't have the negative of it. And so they were, they were able to take his copy and make so it. So basically what they did with Toy Story 2 as well. John <laughs> yes. Wayne had Toy Story 2 on a computer. <laughs> yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. Th- there okay. has been a 1966 remake with Bing Crosby and Ann Margaret. Have you seen that one? No. Okay. And there was a 1986 one with Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings. What? I must have had a soundtrack to that one. Uh, but I think you need think to They're going to remake it next year with Chris Pine. Probably. Yeah. But they need to. Or Chris I was going to say, but go back to the original 1939 Stagecoach. I believe it's public domain now. So like you can watch it. I watched it on Amazon Prime, I'm pretty sure. But it's out there. So you've kind of inspired me to watch it. I know. But at the same time, Kent, it's not. Uh, there's not. Well, there's some suffering. So you like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't always like suffering. I think you do. You kind of do. Is it my turn for number two? It is. Yes. Because I'm talking about the most positive movie of the year. Uh-oh. It's Coda. Hey! I still need to see that. You need to see this movie. It's, I am shocked this didn't make your number one, which means I know you're number one. It's on Apple Plus, mm-hmm. and it was on Apple Plus in like June or July, and I know Apple Plus I don't is, have Apple Plus. I know, I know. But it's one of those subscription services you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to sign up for that. I just worry if I like sign up for Apple Plus, you'll the forget. ghost of Steve Jobs will possess me. <laughs> then good. You'll be very smart and steal other people's <laughs> ideas. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is worth the subscription cost for a month. And then watch Ted Lasso if you want while you're there. I do. Coda. You can't. Or, or, just, or just rent it somewhere. 
Wait, he can't? No, it's got lots of language. Well, still. I hear it's great. Yeah. It's Anyways, I'm not it's talking Ted Lasso. I'm talking about CODA, which is Child of Deaf Adults. And that is what C-O-D-A, you know, obviously, stands for. So Ruby is the only hearing member of a deaf family helping to keep her parents and brother keep their fishing business afloat. But in joining her high school's choir club, Ruby finds herself drawn to both her duet partner and her latent passion for singing. And so this is basically like this coming-of-age story. It takes place a lot of time in a choir class. And so it seems like it should be very standard. Mm-hmm. In fact, this movie is very sappy, but it's sappy in all the right ways. And there like is... Like maple syrup sappy. Yeah, no, yeah. and it's it's rich, right? Like maple, like maple syrup. syrup. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a, a beautiful story where there's a conflict, like just in that long synopsis. Like the conflict I put, I'm going to put powdered sugar or maple syrup on my pancakes. Both. Yeah. Right? And this movie is both. It's... Her helping her family or deciding to go to a music college and following her dreams. And I love these movies that it's not only like a relatable character, but also it's like there's a there's a hard choice. And the hard choice is the crux of the movie. And it made me cry twice. Whoa. Whoa. I just did the tweet thing where I did the clapping so sound and I'm so sorry. Either a dog died or a dad died. That's all, <laughs> that's all it gets Kent. I can't spoil anything. He's like suffering. This is good. I'll say this. Nobody dies. Nobody and does. you liked and you it? Cried? I how much cried. suffering is there though? There is a scene, and similar to the Sound of Metal, it kind of shows you what it's in its best cinematic way so, uh, of what it would be like to be hearing impaired. Yeah, and it's there are some scenes that are just stunning, and like I said, it's happy tears. They're the Joel kind of tears that everyone strives for. Oh no, people don't want my tears. You had Joel tears they, in a movie. I had they Joel tears <gasps> way too often. I've seen this movie like four times, and I cry every time. Wow. His heart grew three sizes that day. And this is kind of the musical year for me. This is not original music, by the way. It's like right. Joni Mitchell and that kind of stuff. But I just devoured this movie, and I just hold it in a special place in my heart. And so, everyone, please go watch Coda. It's so worth I need it. To see it. And it's happy, guys. It's happy. Kent likes a happy movie? What, what is happening to 2022? But a comedy-ish. Yeah. And it's a kind happy of movie. Yeah. It's got the kid from Sing Street in it as well. I like him. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. them all. They're great. They're all great kids. I love Coda. All right. That's your number two. Let's get to your honorable mentions. In my honorable mentions, let's go back to darkness because I have Malignant. Ah. <laughs> Jolie still need to see that I one. Know. I can't wait to hear what you think because people love it or hate it. Nightmare Alley which is a recent Guillermo del Toro movie. Okay. Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah, you did like that one. Mm-hmm. Mass, which is a heartbreaker, the most depressing movie of the year, but needs That's to be That's got Sharon in it, right? No. Mass? No, not Mask. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon Cameron Diaz are in Mask. Ah. St. Maud, which is a very disturbing horror film, The Green Knight, and The Last Duel. The Green Knight and The Last Duel made your honorable mentions? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Both very unforgettable films. Oh, and Cyrano. I really like Cyrano. I don't think it's going to get enough love oh, with Peter Dinklage. That. Yeah, I, I do want to watch it. I love Cyrano. I think I like Diverge. it. Zach, do you have any honorable mentions? Um, I didn't see a ton more 2021 movies, but I did uh, also see Tick, Tick, Boom. And I don't really care for the movie too much, mm-hmm. but good heavens, Andrew Garfield is good in this yes. movie. He's so good. Um, I also saw Quiet Place 2 and thought it was fine. Actually, I forgot I saw it. It's pretty forgettable, but it's fine. I liked it. It's it's good. And The Green Knight, I, I didn't totally get it when I saw it. And then uh, just kept thinking about it. It was one of those movies that stuck with you. So it was enjoyable. And then I saw The Sound of Music for the first time this year using Joel Rules. Hey, so that made was, honorable mention? Yeah. It was, it was good. It was fun. Yeah. So anyway, what about you, Joel? Uh, for me, uh, let's just jump through these real quick. Uh, Fatal Attraction. Saw that one? 
It's actually pretty scary. Uh-huh. Uh, Lincoln Lawyer. Uh, oh, Lincoln yeah. McConaughey. I enjoyed yeah. that one. 2011. Minari I watched. I enjoyed that one. Mitchell's versus the Machines. Oh, really uh, likable. That was from 2020. Nobody with... Uh, yeah. Uh, That's on my list. What is his name? Legends. Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. Whoa, that was fun. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Outbreak, 1995. I watched that. Uh, Phineas and Ferb, the movie, Candace Against the Universe. Really enjoyed that one. A Quiet Place 2. Uh, a Simple Plan, 1988. Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, the Thin Man, which from 1934. That was the older one, but wow. it, didn't, it didn't make the top 10. Uh, Tomorrow War 2021, Yojimbo from 1961, and Zack Sanders Justice League from 2021 did okay. make my honorable mentions. Nice. Uh, if you want to see my full top 10, by the way, you can go to the former 786.blogspot.com. Once a year, you'll post. Here. Once a year, I update it with my, my favorite movies of the year, my top 10. So you only get the five here, but here you get the worst. So it kind of trades off. But Love it. There you go. There's my uh, my my honorable mentions. Yeah, I, I didn't mention Snyder Cut. I forgot oh to, you didn't like it oh cool that's no great. it's it's it was definitely on my honorable mentions and shout out to my wife who said i asked her what her favorite movie was this year and she said Snyderverse because she for the first time watched man of steel batman versus superman hey and um if things don't work out between you two <laughs> hey man how single is your wife like <laughs> just saying not trying to cause yeah, conflict for sure she's sure. pretty great yeah there you go um joel let's start with you what is your number one i have a confession to make i lied one of, my, one of my old mentions is actually my number one. It's Spider-Man No Way. Home. I, oh, I, I just knew. Shocked. I knew you guys would know that was my number one. What's missing here? Because I'm the obvious one of the group. I was but of course shocked. Spider-Man like no Way like home. I'm not going to be obvious. Go on. But Spider-Man No Way Home came out this year. So yes, my number one is from 2021. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a battle between this and Stagecoach. But in the end, <laughs> which is funny. But in the end, when I, when I, uh, you already t- we already gave the synopsis of Spider-Man the whole, No Way Home. And we already did a whole review on yeah. it. But in the end, this was my most entertaining movie watching experience of the entire totally. year. Yep. And like I said, I watched a couple clips from people just stupidly recording in the mm-hmm. theaters. But even those, hearing the people cheer at certain parts and hearing the people, you know, kind of just react to other parts and laugh at other parts was so much fun. And it reminded me of being in the theaters. I, I wanted other people to see this movie so much that I actually sent my wife and uh, my oldest kids to the theaters without me. I wanted to go see it and see my kids see this for the first time, mm-hmm. but I wanted my wife to see it too, so I sent them all there to watch it. My wife actually texted me. First, she texted me. Can we give spoiler alerts for Endgame these days? Yeah. Are spoilers for Endgame yeah. these days? Yeah. So my wife gets to the theater, and one of the first things she te- texted me was like, wait, is Iron Man dead? And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. yes! You failed your family. I, I, I had my wife watch an 18-minute long summary of the, I watched the series. That, I sent my wife with that <laughs> yeah. same one. Yeah. That's probably the exact same one. Yeah. Uh, but then afterwards, she texted me, and she says, I, don't, I didn't think I was supposed to... I don't think I'm supposed to cry as much during a superhero movie. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, I get it. I get it. So, and then we came home and we talked about it, had a great time talking about it, but I just love that the Spider-Man trilogy finally stuck the landing. This is a, uh, without spoiling things, because we already kind of did that on the Pagan bit, but this was a culmination of like, of things that had happened before. And it was an engaging storyline. I laughed out loud. Uh, There were dramatic consequences I didn't see coming. And I really did. Like, I, I think this is, kind of what brings people back to movies is this was mm-hmm. something very uh, nostalgic 
uh, very exciting, mm-hmm. uh, a finale of sorts. Right. And so I think that's what we needed to get people back in theaters. And yes, there is a bunch of fan service going on. Oh, absolutely. But at the same time, I Done think right. they did it right. Done right. Yes. This this is like, they're playing the sappy tune, but we're playing all the right notes. Yep. And you're like, yep, yep, yep. Liking this. Totally. Yes. So yes, of course, my number one is Spider-Man. That no makes me so it. happy. I, I'm happy that you're happy. <laughs> I was weirded out when it was on your honorable mention. You just kind of blew past it. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I was hoping I you guys... Wasn't even I, was, I, said it, I hope I said it enough that I was like, I hope they caught that because I'm going to lie. I was like, is Paint Your Wagon going to be number one? Yeah. I mean, what's going on here? <laughs> oh, I hated Paint Your Wagon. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But I, <laughs> now you tell by us. By the way, they, they use some technology on this where apparently they found innovative new technology that scanned actors into visual effect systems that can apply makeup and costumes in Ooh. post-production. What? Oh, so to actors don't need to set. be in movies anymore. Almost. We're oh, almost there. Weird. Go. But I'm glad they were there for Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm so happy you're happy. I'm so happy that Kent's happy. Tell me uh, what your number one is and why it's the Snyder Cut. I'm so happy because it's the <laughs> Snyder Cut. <laughs> what? <laughs> Guys, it's the Snyder Wait, Cut. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <clears throat> Let me just look. Okay. Hans Zimmer? No. no. Okay, okay. That's fine. That's fine. No. Uh, Zack Snyder? Yeah. Christopher Nolan producing? Uh, um, Executive producer. Okay. Uh, dark in color? Very. Yeah. Suffering? At times very Lots. gritty. Suffering, but also a lot oh, yeah. of happiness, too. And a good score. Some of the, 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 the most junky XL. happy moments that I've experienced. We recorded an episode of Bacon Cell, and uh, it was like, it was a late night of recording. And I was like, guys, we got to go because at 2 a.m., <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League is airing on HBO Max. And you're like, yeah, of course you're going to watch it. A I'm like, four hour movie. At I'm 2 staying up till 6 a.m. I'm taking the next day off of work. I'm getting in my Superman Snuggie, which I have, and all the snacks. And my eyes were peeled the entire time. I couldn't be tired because this movie was 100% joy. It was redemption for Zack Snyder, it was redemption for. Every single member of the Justice League. I mean, Wonder Woman, who's been a little bit ruined at this point. And, and by the way, when I make reference to it, I mean Joss Whedon's Justice League. Because right. Batman became a joke. Uh, ben Affleck's Batman became a joke. Henry Cavill's face? What? Yeah. yeah. Cyborg, was he in the movie? I'm not really sure. Aquaman, he's a one joke. The Flash, everyone was just kind of like telling their jokes and would kind of disappear. It, there was no, I hate to use the word, justice done to any of them. Oh. With four hours. Four dang hours. Too much for for most people, honestly. Yeah. Which is funny because, once again, if you say, watch a four-hour movie, no. Hey, watch this uh, <laughs> four one-hour episodes of this TV show. Yeah. Made. Sure. Well, watch, it, watch this hour-long eight-episode series. They make it a, a six-episode series, essentially. So you all. can pause and go to the bathroom. Yeah, precisely. Well, or just watch it on a different night. Oh, I had multiple snack breaks, multiple yes. bathroom breaks. I loved that. Yeah. Yeah, and so... It brought everyone back to how they needed to be. It completed this picture where obviously the DC was kind of a critically mixed bag, even among some fans. But somehow Zack Snyder filmed a movie that brought it all together and was never seen. And yes, he got money to wrap it up and do some post-production stuff. And the the special effects are great as well. And then the score comes in and just brings it home. And the scene that just stands out to me among all the others, other than Cyborg just getting an amazing arc, is the Flash getting his moment. Realizing his true power. It was no longer the Flash kind of pushing people in the Joss Whedon version or saying Dostoevsky. He now gets the greatest moment, one of the greatest moments in superhero film history. And this is a, a top 10 superhero film for me. And I know that this is the end. For the Snyderverse. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I'm going to have to be okay with it because it was wish fulfillment. I went through, and sorry, now it's a ramble. I went through two years of saying, I hope the Snyder Cut comes out, but I never will. And Joel being like, it's okay, buddy. Maybe it will. <laughs> have some hope. And I'm like, no, because nothing good ever happens. And then I rewrote the timeline and somehow this movie was released and it became everything I could possibly want and more. It's easily my number one. That's obvious. Yeah. Zach, yeah. go on, Rick, and keep I, talking. I'm glad, yeah. Kent, that you able you were able to get this movie finally after so many years of wanting it. Yeah. And so you won't talk about it anymore. Uh, hey, that's... <laughs> Restore the Snyderverse. We all win! That's the gift for Joel and I. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's cute. No, but I am genuinely happy. Like, seeing you as happy as you were when it actually got announced, mm-hmm. and then when it came out, I, I loved seeing the joy in your eyes. Yeah. I really did. It's weird, because it almost makes me want to be happier and watch movies with more happiness. <laughs> almost. Oh. No. Yeah, that night you going home was just like you, you had pushed giddy. us out faster. You yeah, were it was, giddy. You yeah, skipped great. out to the car. I'm pretty sure. Awesome. Well, I will uh, give you my number one, and I used Joel rules. And I'm happy you liked your movie. I'm happy you liked your movie. I like both of your movies as well. Mm-hmm. But I win this year. What year did you say was Joel's average? Oh, it was 2004 for, for this being, one. Oh, origi- oh, that's right. originally movies. you said it was 94. Yeah. Yes. My movie comes from 1994. Because, <gasps> gentlemen, for the first time, I watched The Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Wait, uh, on, on TNT? <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> Wait, did we know you saw this? No. You didn't say anything. No, I didn't. Because <laughs> we've been telling you you needed to watch it. You've been it. telling me. And, and it mean, made your number I've one. I've been made fun of by everybody I know for not having this seen this movie. This makes me so happy that it's his number wow. one. That everyone has seen a hundred times. I feel so justified in loving that movie. Whose dad did Morgan Freeman play? What? <laughs> <laughs> this, wow. I mean, you've seen it, I'm sure, but uh, two, yeah, it's an two imprisoned men bond over a number of years, finding solace and eventual redemption through acts of common decency. And let me tell you, I don't know what it is. And I actually paused the movie and looked, and it was about 45 or so minutes. And I turned to my wife and go, I don't really think that much has happened. Really, nothing earth shattering, nothing major. We're just seeing these characters and living this life. Why do I love it? Yeah. Why is it so interesting? Why mm-hmm. is it so good? It's a fairly long movie. And just the, the you, this story arc of this 19 or 20 years that this guy's in prison, you're, you're like, they just do things. They just mm-hmm. have little adventures. His haircut's always perfect. That's kind of weird. But... It, Regular cuts at the prison. Yeah, yeah. Well, must be. Whoever's working that guy's taper is really good at his job. <laughs> but this this movie is just Barber reviews. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't weird. wait for this. But yeah, just going through and and seeing his story and Tim Robbins is is almost mysterious, but just so captivating in the mm-hmm. what he does. And then of course Morgan Freeman starting the Morgan Freeman narration Morgan thing. Freeman and it, it's become such a cliche at this point, but it's done so well here. One of my favorite moments of the entire movie, it's not even like the ending. It's it's early on is when he uh, tells the guard how he can get a tax break uh, for the gift he got up on the roof. Yes. He's about to throw him off and then he realizes, oh, this guy can help me. And him just sitting there and them all drinking on the roof. That is one of my favorite moments in cinema because it is so satisfying. It's such mm-hmm. relief. It's so simple. The way yeah. they did it, so well done. And it really is simple victories throughout. Yeah. You, you feel the emotional release from these moments. Yes. And, and even it, with the overbearing. Well, that's Yeah, and it's you, all awful. Yeah. You don't lose right. hope until he does. Yes. And then you get some I like hope how back. we're not spoiling Shawshank Redemption <laughs> from 1994. <laughs> I hadn't seen it. But it's... It's interesting because I I thought this movie was something else. 
And so I was actually a Stephen King enough, story. Thought like, it was the Hudson proxy. Thought it, yeah, yeah, sure. I thought I thought it was a Stephen King story. Right. Like I thought it was going to get weird. I thought it like was like Green Mile. I thought it was yeah, more like Green Mile. I thought it was going to get overly sad. I thought it was going to get overly intense. And when I found out that it's this hopeful movie that makes me feel better about life, very based in reality, yeah, very prison drama. very based in reality. And you know, there's it's this imagery that you see in pop culture that's you know technically spoils the end because there's two shots at the end that are very very famous yeah. but even still you know knowing that's gonna how it's gonna end or zach, you know having a vague idea i still loved it zach yeah. you like the shawshank redemption I did welcome to fatherhood yes i'm a dad <laughs> you're a dad oh, i'm so excited about the civil war movies are next <laughs> oh yes ford v how ferrari here I, come. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch gladiator you know I yeah know. that's true i'm something. happy you're yeah, happy I'm he's happy. happy i loved it it's one of the greatest of films of all time it yeah. really is. It's yeah. top it on really IMDb is. for a reason. It's so yeah. good. I mean, and and I loved your other movies too. This this was a good year. I like, I like how you saved yourself to the end. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, did so I did. I did the math. I did the math because I win. I win. My movie's the best. Like your movies are fun, but my movie's better. Uh, but yeah. fine, okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Anyway, thank you. Thank so you. For there you play. go. There are our bottom five and our top five from the past year. We want to know, though. We want you to talk to us on our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We want to know what your favorite movies were from the past year, whether they were made last year or whether you watched them for the first time last year. Because we love seeing other movies that people like and confirming that we all like the same movies. We yeah. get happy when we all like happy movies. Yeah, precisely. Or we'll just yeah. tell you that you're wrong. That's happened before, too. We, we do that sometimes, too. But let us know. We, we enjoy hearing from you. But before we go, we'd like to give some love to our patrons, including Shannon West, Sean Sanquist, Scott Sprague, Rocky and Steph, Plot Twist Media, Lady Terry A. Findlay, Jennifer Kukowski, Jake the Cooler King Swallow, Glow Clint Daniel, Chris Strout, Casey Cummings, Brayden Winterton, Bacon Council Member Wannabe Kyler, Andrew in the Dark, Allison Gall, Alicia Bass, and Adam and Rachel Crump. And we also want to thank the Bacon Council, including the one, the only, Chris Anderson, Stephen Ross, Ryan and Marley Farron, our favorite couple, the Madsons, Nicole sitting in the sin bin hail, <laughs> Her Royal Highness Jessica Terry and Beaker. Thank you so much, Bacon Council. We look forward to meeting with you for our Bacon Council meeting yeah. this month. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter, or you can find me performing with QuickWits. They perform weekends at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, it's at ShowtimeShowdown.com. If you'd like to sit down with me and tell me why Shawshank Redemption is the best movie you've ever seen, mm-hmm. you can go to blakesbarbershop.com and schedule a little haircut with me. Uh, you can also follow me on social media at Tumbling Mustard on Instagram and Twitter. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale. Uh, you can go to the Facebook page and click like, then stop by at Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram. While you're doing that, stop by tpublic.com slash bacon sale and get yourself some merch. I would love to see you in like a Bacon Sale t-shirt. And we've got lots of fun designs. I don't know why I'm talking like that. I, I apologize, Joel. He's listening It's because you're Camo Cinderella right now. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. And then if you like what's going on in the show and you want to support us further, you can go to patreon.com slash bacon sale where support starts at just $3 a month. You can get access to our bacon bits where we can just maybe randomly do a review of Spider-Man a month late. And we are adding some video content as well. Ooh. So there's going to be some extra uh, video content that you'll see recordings of uh, Pacon Bits. So that should be fun. Patreon.com slash Pacon Sale. So until next time, we hope you enjoy season eight because there's going to be some suffering. Yes. But you'll be happy about it? Yes. Yes. 
the worst version of me is this universe is me. <laughs> That's accurate. We almost treated That's it at one point. Accurate. Our goal this year was to get you more likable to the listener. <sighs> he is the worst Zach. Bugs, lasers, cults, microchips, Stonehenge, robots, witches. Who hurt you, Rob Zombie? Who hurt you? You'll oh. learn, kid. <laughs> when you're gone. Ben, the two of us need look no more. We've both found what we've been looking for. Jeff from Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Remember him? Yeah. It's him. <laughs> you and I do. Yes. Wait, who made the potato salad? One or two? Oh, just one. Okay. Oh, the original. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, when they tried to reboot who made the potato salad, oh, didn't really no, work no, out. Oh, no. Who, who made the macaroni salad? And it's salad. potato with an E. What? <laughs> I'd watch Camo Cinderella. Here, Camilla Cabellas, or Camel Camilla. Welcome to Bake Sale. I'm Jolene. I'm Kendra. You, oh, cut. Now, listener, if you or anyone you know have a personal connection to Ted Bundy, please comment on our Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Bacon Sale so that we can have you on a potential show this season. Everyone has their own Ted Bundy story, exactly. right? Everybody. I literally do. Of course you do. <laughs> I literally Is it your aunt? My aunt. Okay. I knew it. Well, there's some suffering. So you like it. Oh my gosh. So I didn't know that was a trigger. <laughs> Which one? I hate okay. both of you so much. <laughs> Let's go to Jurassic Park and make out. Well, who wouldn't want to do that? <laughs> but he punches like Camilla Cabello. This that list- got mean at the end. <laughs> what? Because uh, I said Yentl? Yentl? This list is brought to you by Netflix DVD series. <laughs> Morgan Freeman plays Ryan Reynolds' dad. What did you just say? It's not a horror movie that leaves you feeling like, ugh. You feel more like, ah. Just because your movies are from 2004 doesn't mean your references have to be. <laughs> Stagecoach. Sean Connery. Hey, man. How single is your wife? I'm the obvious one of the group. I... Yes, I'm a dad. You're a dad. That was a joke. I wouldn't go out with the setup, Joel. It wouldn't happen. I'm sorry. Kill the narrative, Ken. Yes. <laughs> Don't put an E at the end of your potato. <laughs> <laughs>